The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. better get healthy and help animals welcome to main street vegan with your host victoria moran hashtag bring back class i use that whenever i can i really hope it'll become some kind of big deal i love the idea of the classy option of taking the high road, cherishing character over expediency, elevating values like civility, discretion, respect. So I am 100% jazzed today to be having as my guest two very classy women. After the break, Kathy Freston, whom we all know and love, will be back with her brand new book. And to start things off, one classy vegan wine expert, Frances Gonzalez of Vegan Wines. And I am Victoria Moran, your host and I also write books. I run Main Street Vegan Academy that trains vegan lifestyle coaches and educators. I do a blog and work with some films, and I think I'm busy. But then I read about my first guest. So busy is relative, right? Frances Gonzalez is the owner of both Vegan Wines and Descartes. Pasito, I got through that with a stump, distributors. And she is the founder of both of these companies that focus on providing high quality vegan wines from soil to bottle. So Vegan Wines is a subscription-based club and an online wine shop that ships to over 41 states. And I'm going to try this again because I'm brave. Des Pasito Distributors is a wine importer and distribution company that supplies 100% plant-based wines to business owners in the hospitality industry. So busy, busy, Francis Gonzalez, welcome to the program. Yes, I'm back. I'm so sorry there about you are. that. Okay. All righty. Well, I was just talking about being a bit fatigued and what I do to pick myself up. Do you have a fatigue pick-me-up idea? 
Um, well, Victoria, we actually have a food dome, so now we grow our own veggies. So ever since I've been eating a lot more greens, I feel my energy has sparked way up. So loving oh, the spring nice. season for sure. That is so cool. And I was just reading a study that people who eat just one cup of greens a day, which for those of us who really eat greens, that's not very much, have so much better cognition on into their 80s and 90s. So just one more reason for going green. So (laughs) Francis, you've been going green for years and years and, and had this brilliant idea to found vegan wines. So for people who don't know what, what's a vegan wine, well, what would make a wine not vegan? Hmm. Well, um, you know, we, we do think that it's supposed that it's grapes and yeast only, but it's, way more than that um sometimes in, in wines to clarify like the sediments that you get in the bottom they will use egg whites or gelatin uh just to clear that out um and also it's and sometimes you have a bad harvest or not so good harvest so you want to alter um, the taste or the look of it, and although it is illegal in the U.S., in some countries they still use ox, like ox blood, in order to give that wine that tint that you feel you should get. Um, so it's a lot that could go into wines. Over 300 ingredients can go into a wine legally. Wow, I had no idea. And do they have to list those on the label? No. Wine is the only food that does not need the ingredients. You do not have to put on the label. It, it's oh. your choice. So, but as you can say, a lot of wineries just don't put the ingredients on the label. Aha. Uh-huh. So how does it work for you? Do you find vegan wines or do you actually have a winery? I find vegan wines. My focus is to support small family vineyards and wineries that are doing the winemaking methods without any animal products from the soil to the glass. And what about some of the health things that people ask about wine, about sulfates or sulfites? I always get those confused. Is that something that you look at? Well, you know, everything has self, like not everything, like, let me take that back. Um, every wine has natural sulfites in it. It's just like um, when we eat raisins, that has sulfites in it, added sulfites in it. But what people I um, look for more, what should be looking for is no added sulfites. And sulfites, it, it basically is to make the wine not go through another fermentation in the bottle during transportation or just being on your shelf. Um, But all wines have natural sulfites. It's what the added sulfites that we should be concerned about. I see. So, Francis, have you always been a wine connoisseur or were you a vegan first? Oh, way vegan, definitely. In over 25 years, that is my life. And I love wine, so vegan definitely was the first. And so for those of us who don't know about wines, help, help us 
um, go out with people and seem like we know what we're talking about. So everybody's heard red with beef and pork and white with poultry and fish, but what wines with vegan entrees? Well, wine should be fun, right? That's the one beauty about wine. Like I always, I always say wine is, it, um, it goes, yes, with food, with friends, family gatherings, events, everything. So just think of it like that. Like when um, in the winter, if I have a hearty meal, um, you know, whether it's rice and beans and some tofu, I'll take, you know, um, a Zinfandel from California and pair it with it, or just a hearty um, a bread that is um, more um, strong character. And then on a spring day like this, well, you know, you eat some of the greens, some salad, some um, chill soup, and or some um, spicy food, some light spicy food. I'll I'll do it with a, a riesling, you know, a dry riesling from the Finger Lakes always goes great with almost anything. So I guess it's just you know, just go by your mood. You know, are you in the mood for something with strong character, or you some or you're something light? Just have fun with it because. Food and wine is supposed to be about fun and enjoying, you know, what you're eating. Well, this it's a lot more fun when you know it's vegan. So exactly. why, I mean, is vegan wine just for vegans or, or should we be looking at a, a vegan wine future for the whole industry? Vegan wine should be, it's for everyone. And I hope one day it's not called vegan wines, it's just wines because they all happen to be vegan and where my focus is to go back to old traditional winemaking where none of these chemicals and animal products were put into it if you know i um i've seen it myself you know with the small wineries and they focus they do just need patience and you work alongside nature then against it and nature will provide you amazing grapes for that harvest and that wine and there's so many of our the wines they don't they just don't use anything it's just it's just about patience and after you get that and you know you understand that then your wines are going to be just as amazing ah well that gives me a lot of hope for the marketplace in general and veganizing this particular part of it because we always think of of artisanal, you know, few ingredients, very natural, take your time as being something that people want. And so if, if uh, we focus on that, instead of maybe just saying it's vegan, it would uh, reach the people for whom vegan is not yet a selling point. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. I agree. And it's, you know, it, it makes me happy that more people are realizing what things can go into your wine and wanting less and, and understanding that less is more. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first found out about wine not being vegan, I mean, I've been, been vegan for 25 years. And then I found out six years ago about not all wines being vegan. I was like, wow, if I find out that there has to be animal products in it, then I have to give it up. So that's what led me to my research. And the beauty is that you do not need, like a lot of things, we don't need animal products, you know? It's just about um, teaching people this and just sharing the information that we know. So you talk about the the farmer 
and the vineyard master. I mean, I've heard about a winemaker, but this sounds like it's more of of a personnel heavy uh, <laughs> process <laughs> than than I would have thought. So, so uh, who are these people? What do they do? Um, well, the farmers and the vineyard masters are the grape growers. It, you know, we need the grapes in order to make the wine. And, um, you know, wine is food. It's made out of grapes. And what we put in the soil is just as important as what we're putting in the wine in the cellar. So a lot of the um, the vineyards, you know, they use soil, they use fish fertilizers or animal manure. And, you know, a lot of times animal manure comes from the slaughterhouses. So it's very important that, um, you know, people understand what's going on, what's getting put into the soil. So we work with, with vineyard masters and farmers and grape growers that use green manure, or they grow other things like must, they put mustard seeds, which that helps out a lot as well. Um, so there's a lot of other ways that you're working with nature and you're not adding, you know, things that don't really, that don't need to be there. And so you're looking, it sounds like, for the most ethical and the most natural product. And then when someone is tasting these products, what do they look for? I mean, what makes a good wine? You want to taste the character of that wine. You want to taste the harvest, the season, um, but mainly the character of the grape, the varietal. Um, you know, if you, sometimes when you feel like the alcohol is, you know, dominant of what, um, you know, if you taste berries or if you taste, you know, um, herbs, that's what you want to taste. You want to taste the process of the harvest and the farming, not the alcohol. If it's too, if you taste so much alcohol, then you know that there's been some masking in there. You should be able to enjoy the wine um, for what it is. Fascinating. So tell me about why vegans who don't drink wine still need to understand the importance of, of vegan wine. Well, like I um, I mentioned to non-vegans, I, I always start off with this. It's no matter what, vegans, non-vegans, one thing we can agree to begin with right now is the environment. You know, this is, you know, um, one of the things that what we put in our soil is an effect on an environment. So the wine industry is huge. And that's a lot of vineyards and that's a lot of impact on our environment. So, you know, even though people don't drink wines or they might not understand today the, the why we're doing, why we're sorting out vegan wines, we have to understand that it is the soil is so important today and every day. But we need to start paying more attention to the wine industry as far as that part in it because it's for the whole earth. Wow, it's just, it's so exciting to think about looking at every industry and what's it doing to the earth, what's it doing to people, what's it doing to all beings. And you know, if we did that, just kind of one product at a time, 
so much would change. Makes me really excited. So if you are someone who is fascinated by wine, who appreciates wine, or who is a total newbie and would just like to know more about wonderful wines that you know are vegan in advance, check out veganwines.com or on Instagram at myveganwines. And Frances and her people have put so much fabulous information there, and you'll start getting really educated really fast. So I wanted to ask you about resveratrol. It's supposed to be that element in red wine that is so health-promoting. How young is it going to make us? (laughs) Well, if you get a wine that's, you know, less is more, and it has the naturalness of it without anything added to it, then um, anything bad added to it, then you can, in a glass, you can enjoy your glass of your wine with good confidence that it's good for you. Um, of course, never drink the whole bottle more because then it's a little bit too much. But it does, it, it's proven to be a big health benefit. We're looking younger to a lot of other things as well, which is a great add-on for us. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so what's <laughs> it like, Francis? I mean, you have two two businesses that, that are related, but still, that is a lot of work. Have you always been an entrepreneur? Were you in business for yourself before Vegan Wines, or is this your maiden voyage? Always entrepreneur. I'm a single mother for... And so I had to uh, find ways of supporting us, you know. So I've um, been, you know, entrepreneur since the very beginning of being of a single mother to catering. And then it worked all the way up to where I'm at now. Ah, well, you do beautiful things. I was talking before uh, we started the show with you about that you provided the wines for the 2019 premiere of the film A Prayer for Compassion. And that was just the most exquisite event. I mean, everything came off so beautifully. Everybody loved it. Everybody loved everything. And your contribution was so appreciated and and so important. So where can people find the the vegan wines? Do we just go to veganwines.com? Yes, um, veganwines.com will give the information for our online wine shop, wine club, and of course, we do distribute wholesale in um, California and New York. So if any restaurants want to add some vegan wines, you can get information there too as well. Oh, that's fabulous. Oh, I I just hope that you end up... Uh, <laughs> providing the wines for all of the best restaurants in the country and people's favorites restaurants <laughs> that may not be the best either. <laughs> My husband and I always talk about this, that, you know, you can go to one of these places that has this great reputation and has all kinds of stars. And it's not as fun sometimes as just going to mm-hmm. a ma and pa where there's lots of food and <laughs> it's so just true. good. So, um, you are also involved with uh, VegFest Puerto Rico. So tell us about that. Yes. Um, well, when Hurricane Maria happened and uh, I saw what happened in Puerto Rico um, and people were paying attention more to 
what they were putting in their bodies um, because of the um, all the doctors were leaving the island. So they had to take go back to old remedies, um, natural me- remedies. And also people wanted to start farming their own food because we were left without food because we import everything. I said, well, we're going we're gonna to do a veg fest and we're going to put all these people together and let them create whatever food, whatever um, produce they want to bring out from their farm. So I, cre- I, I put it together, <laughs> um, and it was a huge success. We had like 3,000 people on our first event, and it was just through social media. But it's a free event, and I always say I may have founded it, but it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the community. It's always supposed to be meant to be free, and it's just a gathering once a year. Hopefully it keeps growing from town to town to invite people from out of the aisle, from not from the mainland and other parts of the world to understand how veganism is it is growing in Puerto Rico. So that was that's what veg that says Puerto Rico means to me. That is, is so exciting. I, I hope to one day get to go. I've been to Puerto Rico a few times, never to Veg Fest, but we've had four um, graduates of Main Street Vegan Academy uh, who've been certified as vegan lifestyle coaches who um, live in Puerto Rico. And then we had one person come. He graduated and then he moved to Puerto Rico. So we've got a huge <laughs> contingent there and people just doing amazing things. I love to see how we're growing all over the world. So having been vegan now for 25 years and, and being in a, a very successful vegan business, how do you see the future of what people are going to eat and how we're going to live in relation to animals? I see a positive future with no, or like animals, people understanding that animal, we do not need animals to eat animals to survive. There's nature provides all the food that we need without harming any animal. And I didn't think that I would be here today, um, 15 years ago, but to see it, how we are here today gives me so much hope that it's going to keep growing and growing. I mean, um, my my daughter, she just, you know, the last two years, you know, I've been telling her over and over, and then two years she saw it for herself. Now she's a vegan. She's 20. She's going to be 23 years old. So it, it's it's getting there, and I'm so happy about that. It, it's so true. I'm going to take a, a little trip next week, and, you know, with COVID and everything, I've kind of forgotten how to do it. You know, I guess you just get to the airport and the rest is is instinct. But I was looking up restaurants in the town where I'm going to be. And the woman at at the B&B had said, oh, there's there's no vegan food here. I asked if they would have any kind of non-dairy milk. And she's like, no, there's no vegan food anywhere. She said, I think there might be a pizza place with some vegan cheese, but that's it. And so I'm thinking, what am I going to have to do? Bring a little crock pot or something? But then I got online and started looking and there's a Middle Eastern place and there's a delivery place that has a vegan soup and a vegan entree. And, you know, I only need one. So (laughs) it's going to be fine. So, you know, it's still I have to remember it's so easy for those of us who have been around it forever. And I think it's still challenging for people who say, no, there's no vegan food in my town. 
So yeah. it's it's good for us to be out there with uh, good food and good wine and getting people on board with all this. So just in our last couple of minutes, what's the COVID time been like for you and your business? Did you have to do much shifting? Yes, we did. Our wholesale um, part of the business, um, it went stop halt. But our online business, it did go up the three times with the, you know, the norm in within a week or two. Uh, so what we did was is we took this opportunity and now we have a in-house um, plant-based chef and she pairs every um, wine with a recipe that is nutritional um, and it goes very beautiful with the wine. And the reason we did this is because a lot of our members, they, they might not be, um, vegans you know, or the flexitarians, but we're using this opportunity. People that are, were more at home and couldn't go out to eat to just, you know, say, hey, try this. You know, you know, you might like it, and it's easy. She makes it very simple. Nothing, nothing that would intimidate anyone. So we just use the opportunity to get the positive from it. You know. Oh, that's exciting! So people that join the wine club get these recipes as well. Oh, cool. Well, that's well, food and wine. You can't do better than that. Veganwines.com, Francis Gonzalez, bless your heart and bless your business. <laughs> May you change the world. Everybody stay with us because after this break, we're going to be talking with the inimitable Kathy Freston. We'll be right back. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Discover the power within Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. That announcer always says welcome back, and I want to say welcome back. So consider yourself very, very welcomed. Uh, Just a reminder that the second exciting celebratory worship service of the Compassion Consortium is happening this Sunday, May 23rd, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Absolutely free, of course, but you do need to register at CompassionConsortium.org. 
O-R-G. And our special guest will be Gwenna Hunter. You've heard her a couple of times on the show. Gwenna Hunter, founder of Vegans of LA and Vegans for Black Lives Matter. She has the most fascinating spirituality and the most beautiful energy. So I hope you'll all want to join us, CompassionConsortium.org. And now, of course, I am just thrilled to pieces to be introducing, once again, Kathy Freston. She's a New York Times bestselling author. You knew that. Uh, The Lean, Quantum Wellness, Clean Protein. And now she has a brand new, fabulous book, 72 Reasons to be Vegan, Why Plant-Based, Why Now? Kathy is all over TV and online and everywhere. She's been on Ellen, Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, The Talk, Extra Oprah. She's been in Vanity Fair, Harper's Bazaar, Self W Fitness, The Huffington Post. And you know what? She'll travel almost anywhere for a good vegan meal. And she has an obsession and that is her adopted mutt, Trixie. I learned things I didn't know about you. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Victoria. Great to hear from you. Oh, it's wonderful always, always to have you here. The last time we talked was back in December when we were celebrating Jasmine Singer and Colleen Holland, and we had a kind of girl party. That was fun. Love that. Women supporting women is always a great thing. Isn't it? Especially when they're nice. (laughs) And as you very much are. So fabulous new book um, with um, co-written with Gene Stone, who's just the writer's writer and fabulous, fabulous guy. And it is called 72 Reasons to be Vegan. Whoa. Did you know there were 72 or did that kind of happen organically? It happened organically. You know, Jean and I are super good friends, and we were always looking for an excuse to work together on something. And uh, we realized that, you know, we had both written lots of books on either health or spirituality and ethics or climate or, you know, sort of how-to, but we never saw a book out there that was just this concise bottom-line reasons to consider going vegan. And we just thought it would be really fun to put everything all in one place. So it's this, it's sort of an easy, like, go-to guide for, you know, I think a lot of our community, Victoria, um, certainly certainly mine, that we're, they already get it. They're already on board. And so this is sort of a tool for advocacy for veganism, for animals, for the the climate. So it's like, you know, sometimes I think we're, we're expected to be uh, walking, talking databases of information and statistics and numbers and all of that stuff. And so Jean and I thought, let's just put everything in this book. And so when someone says, why are you vegan? You know, you hand them this book or you say, or someone says, I don't get it. What's the connection between hamburgers and climate change? And you can't remember like, oh my God, there's, you know, the methane and 28 times more powerful than carbon dioxide. Or, you know, someone asks you, hey, why is veganism good for relationships? I heard it makes you happier. So this is the book that has all the answers that you just hand out to your interested friends and family. And uh, and Jean and I were, were like, let's write it for the ADD brain <laughs> because everybody has so much to read these days. Everybody has, you know, posts 
and blogs and news you know alerts and everything so we just wanted to to do it really short sassy pieces that are bottom line information well researched but that are not going to exhaust the reader with too much and so they can pop around and, and see whatever they're interested in in the book Oh, I love it. And I have a hard copy and which I always have a hard copy. That's one one thing I have just not been able to get myself into the ebook. But it's just such yeah. a friendly little book, you know, it's nice and light and you can stick yeah. it in the tote bag and it's good. Yeah. And, Thank and you take for it that. to the it's gym which just opened. So. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. And it's got a little thing where you can mark your places and everything. And that's the thing. We did not want something that was too serious that was just going to take forever to read. We want it to be fun, light, easily digestible, and sort of the the book design reflects that. So thank you it for saying indeed. that. It does indeed. So you've got 72 reasons and we have like 20 minutes. So tell me your three favorite reasons for going vegan. Well, I mean, number one, uh, longer life. I mean, I, I think that you know, most of us are interested in ourselves first. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like we got to take care of ourselves first and then we can have, you know, concern for the, the greater good. So the fact that vegans live longer, up to a decade longer, um, was pretty compelling to me. And that's because, you know, we uh, vegans are eating uh, lots of fruits and vegetables and lots of whole grains with fiber. And so you've got all those vitamins and phytonutrients and, and things that like push through your system. The fiber pushes all the gunk out of your system and all the nutrients from the fruits and vegetables and whole grains. It's just lighting up your cells. And so you, you, you have substantially less, uh, of a chance to get cancer, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, um, all, the, all the inflammation that comes out of obesity. So that's, that's probably a big reason for me is the fact that you can live up to a decade longer. Studies are really strong in showing that. And then um, the second reason is for the planet. I mean, we are hurtling toward... Um, you know, climate change and all the the volatile storms and the terrible droughts and the raging fires that come from that. And so as an individual, I think it's super exciting and empowering that one of the single most um, powerful things we can do is eat differently. And so, you know, because cows are a huge source of methane um, and they what they do is they belch, they burp, and they fart. And that what comes out of their, you know, burping and farting is methane. And you think, oh, okay, I mean, how much methane can come out of a cow? Well, when you put together the billions of them that are slaughtered every year, you can see the volume of methane that gets put into the atmosphere. And so that's my second reason, because I really want (laughs) to I want to really live into my hundreds and see a beautiful lush earth and and still enjoy hearing the birds and everything. And then my third reason is for, you know, that it's a it's a it's following in the footsteps of some of the greatest, you know, spiritual traditions. And um 
you know, I really feel like it's an opportunity for me to live my values. Uh, kindness, mercy, um, responsible stewardship for the earth. And that to me is a really, really exciting thing. And, you know, when I when I started thinking of being vegan or, or leaning into vegan anyway, I thought of it as a way to practice my spiritual beliefs. And I just came up against so much resistance within me. Like, how how can I be eating meat and dairy and eggs regularly? And so many people do it. I mean, it's so normal. You look around and, and everybody is doing it. And, you know, how is this acceptable if I know what happens, um, you know, the violence that happens to these animals? So I, I just was, I remained really troubled, you know, on a spiritual level. And so I, I thought, I'm someone who wants to have peace in this world. I want to see peace in this world. So how can I be okay with, um, you know, sort of being uh, complicit in this institutionalized misery, you know, that's happening to animals. So that that was a big part of, of uh, you know, a, a reason to be vegan. But, the, you know, and in the book we talk about there's big reasons, serious reasons, like, you know, following your, your values and everything and that animals deserve better. Um, but then there's also fun reasons, like it's, you know, your favorite things in life are probably already vegan. If you enjoy coffee or you enjoy uh, a good glass of wine or, you know, a cuddle or a great dance, it's like it's not like you have to be some, you know, spiritual monk in a white robe up on a mountain eating sprouts. You just don't have to do that. It's like you can still enjoy all your favorite stuff, you know, um, sausages and pizza and burgers, if that's what you want every once in a while on a Saturday night. You can still have all that stuff. You just do the vegan version of it. So we do the fun stuff and we do the really serious stuff and we mix it all up in the book. Oh, I love that. I love that. And, and it's true. I've often thought that veganism, it's like you're in this giant warehouse and there's a little door that says vegan on it. And you open it up and think maybe you're just going to find a broom closet, but instead you find this whole beautiful, radiant, colorful, land of Oz-like place right. full of Isn't all kinds of adventures and, and delights. Oh, well, you go to get in that one across door to people. and then another one opens. You know, it's like I yeah. went in because I thought my my values and I, and I loved animals but I thought for sure I'm going to gain a ton of weight because like all of those carbohydrates and we all know that we need animal protein to be fit and strong. And so I thought I was going to, you know, gain weight and lose energy. I thought I was going to die younger, you know, and then like you said, you walk into this broom closet thinking it's one thing. And then I realized, okay, I came in for the animals. I came in for my, you know, spiritual sense. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm actually going to live longer. I'm actually going to have more energy. I'm actually, you know, going to finally clear up that skin that I had an issue with. So and then then I felt, you know, really excited about that. And then I learned about climate change. And it's like, okay, wow, this is getting better and better. So like you said, it just it's just like one door after another opens. And and it's really kind of cool. Oh, so how long have you been vegan now, Kathy? I've been vegan probably for about 16 years, but if the uh -huh. truth be told, Victoria, it took me um, probably over a year to get there. 
so I I didn't go all at once, even though, you know, sort of the awakening kind of hit me over the head and said, you know, girl, if you don't want to be a hypocrite, you better go, you better stop eating animal stuff. But I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know the first thing, you know, to do. I don't even know. I, it's all my favorite things. It's my, my tradition. So what I did was, like I said, I'm just going to set the intention for myself. I'm going to point myself in the direction of being someone who doesn't eat anything from an animal. And I'm going to lean into it. And that's what I did. I just leaned into it. I took the pressure off of myself. I kept reading about stuff and educating myself and watching videos and finding sort of new things at the grocery store. And I took my sweet time. I wish, you know, wish I could have done it faster. I wish I could have done it overnight. But I wanted it to stick. I really, mm-hmm. really wanted it to stick. And I knew that if I just jumped into it overnight that I would be so freaked out and that I would just retreat from my intention. So it took me a good good solid year, probably up to a year and a half to be completely vegan and that was so I started over seventeen years ago. But it's been a it's been about sixteen years now since I've mm-hmm. been vegan. Well, I love that you told that and story actually, because Go ahead. Yeah, and we actually we use both terms vegan and plant based on the cover of the book. It's like seventy two reasons to be vegan, why plant based, why now? And some people are like, Well, why why are you saying plant based on the other on the one hand and why vegan on the other? But you know, it's plant based, when you talk about plant based, it's usually pointing to health like people are plant-based because they you know want to be a stronger athlete they want quicker recovery they want to run faster throw farther Um, they want to lose weight or their doctor said they really need to be plant-based for their heart condition so um, but vegan the word the v word tends to be more of a lifestyle term and it tends to be more about you know ethics or spiritual values or you know, a love of animals or a concern for climate change. So it doesn't really matter if you're into it for the health or you're into it for a broader lifestyle choice. We wanted to make sure that um, everybody felt welcome. Like not everybody is concerned with, um, you know, animal welfare, for instance. I mean, some people just want to be strong and healthy and, you know, make sure they raise their kids responsibly that's cool that's fine we just we wanted to make sure we had um we covered all the ground so we used both yeah. terms well and you cover a lot of ground in the book you're really speaking to just about anybody who wants to pick up that cute little book and open it to one of its 72 wisdom bits but speaking about the v word and and veganism what's your take on what has happened i mean just since you've been writing about this it's night mm-hmm. and day. It's exploding. I mean, in in the past few years, the the the, the number of people who identify as vegans has gone up by 600%. And that's only people who identify as vegans. There's a lot of other people who say, you know, I'm vegetarian, or I'm, I'm leaning into it, or I'm, you know, veganish, or I'm flexitarian. So that's, and that's like some huge numbers. So I think what's happened is that we're at this incredible intersection in time where the awareness has um, just 
gone up, up, up. We have the Internet, so we're seeing behind the scenes at slaughterhouses. We are watching these powerful storms happen across the world and major flooding and fires and stuff like that. So, And we're seeing, we're, we're aware of what animal food is doing to the human body and to the planet and to the animals that, you know, are served on our plates. So we have this awareness at the very time that now there's this explosion of incredible plant-based food. So there's this, you know, um, availability of burgers like Beyond Meat or Impossible or Hungry Planet that is just so delicious that that really rivals anything that you ever had from an animal. So people are seeing like, oh, wow, I can actually do this thing and I don't have to give up the stuff that I love. I'm just going to sort of do a little sidestep over and make it plant-based rather than animal-based. And um, And you've got younger entrepreneurs coming onto the scene who are – opening restaurants and, you know, starting wine businesses like your your guest. They're uh they're starting products that, that taste like crab cakes and shrimp and they're, you know, pancake mixes and like yogurts and all kinds of stuff. So you've got this 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 intersection in time where the awareness has met the accessibility of of um of plant based alternatives and it's just exploding. So the oh, money so is exciting. on veganism. The big money is on veganism. I mean, I'm yeah. sure you heard about the IPO for Oatly is is imminent and, you know, um, as Impossible may go public and beyond. It's, it's just very, very exciting to see what's happening, that these huge companies are saying the future is vegan and it is time to start moving away from this very um, inadequate food supply that runs through animals it's not making sense anymore so it's exciting it is it is there are like 72 reasons to do it too so (laughs) what what's your advice to people who are becoming more vocal influencers in their so social circle i mean it just seems that some people are still i think where we are now at, at one time you would say this to people and their response would be, this is terrible, you shouldn't do it. And now a lot of those same people have moved to the, that's fine for you, dear, I don't want to do it. Uh-huh, yeah. You mean uh, people who, do, who don't want to do vegan, who don't want to give yeah, it a try? Yeah, just how, how, do you, how do you influence people without being pushy? Well, I don't think you go for people who have zero interest. I think, you know, that that's just a waste of your time. I mean, I think people open when they're ready to open. I would go for I I would actually speak into people who have curiosity, who have heard of this and want to know more. They certainly aren't committing to anything, but they 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 want to do some good in the world. They want to, you know, live according to their values. They, you know, maybe they don't think they can do it. I would focus on people who really um, are interested because the chances of you really influencing someone who has zero interest is 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 pretty close to nil. It's a waste of your time. And, you know, people come around when they're ready to come around. And I certainly was someone who ate steak with gusto. I remember wearing a fur collar. I used to go hunting and fishing. 
So, you know, you're talking to someone who had zero awareness. You know, I did not pop out of my mother's womb a vegan activist. And then slowly but surely, you know, I'm someone who is curious. I am someone who wants to be responsible in the world. I want to live according to my values. And I started to wake up. I started to think about it. And that's when people could and people did approach me and and then I was I was interested. So, um I would say you know, it's it's not for us to push anyone into becoming what we think they should be. It's us it's up to us to share our journey and what's interesting about that and to people who are curious and open and uh want to hear it. Well, it certainly seems to be working. And and it works the way you do it, that's for sure. So you, you had a book a, a few years ago called Lean In or The Lean. What was it called exactly? The Lean, the lean yeah. The Lean, yeah. And and even in, in this book, you're talking about crowd out instead of cut out. What does that mean? Right. Crowding out um, rather than cutting out just made sense to me because when you try to cut something out, it's like just you're not allowed to ever have a cookie again. So you're going to obsess about cookies. <laughs> That's all you're going to want. So instead of crowding out cookies, you just like say, okay, I can have a cookie. I'm just not, I'm not telling myself I can never have a cookie. I'm just going to say, but first I'm going to have this apple with some peanut butter spread on it, or first I'm going to have uh, you know these these homemade you know oat uh, chocolate chip cookies that, that are super healthy and fiber dense and stuff like that. And then, you know, if I want the other cookies that I'm used to, then I can have it. And what happens is you just start crowding out that other gunky stuff that larded up your system and you're making better choices because you're not you're not white knuckling it through the process. You're, you know, you, that, that sort of discipline never worked for me. Like when you say I can't have something, it's just the, the only thing that I want and I obsess about. So instead, I'm just going to be really curious about what kind of foods I can have. So when, like in the beginning I, of um, becoming vegan, I just went to the grocery store and I spent some extra time looking at what's out there. What are the alternatives? What kind of things can I have that are delicious that would appeal to me? And I tried them, and and a lot of them were big hits, and some of them were fails. But it it would it became like a sport for me. It was like kind of an exciting adventure of like what can I bring home today and try, and what what actually works in my taco, and what what <laughs> works with my berries, you know, for the yogurt parfait in the morning. And then it's exciting. Oh, that sounds like another book title. What works in my taco? So something that you talk <laughs> about in um, 72 Reasons that other books haven't talked about because I guess they they weren't thinking about it yet, but that is that going vegan helps lessen the risk of pandemics. Tell us about that. Yes, and isn't that, you know, uh, top of the news these days because, um, you know, most infectious diseases are coming out of uh, animals being in close contact with humans. And then, so it jumps from the animals to the humans and then from human to human, and that's called zoonotic. So most of the, you know, diseases these days, like bird flu and swine flu and um, AIDS and quite possibly COVID-19 are coming from um, uh, pl these 
places where humans have very close contact with animals. Animals are super stressed out uh, because they see what's happening. They're in tiny cages. They can smell the blood. They can smell the the the, the poop and the excrement from other animals. They're super stressed out, and viruses shed under stress. So animals carry a virus, they're shedding it. Humans are in close contact because they're butchering the animals, they're handling the animals, they pick up the virus. And then, you know, if it's a a very crafty virus, that virus is able to then spread from person to person. And that's how we get a lot of these diseases. And um, so when we move away from using animals for food, we also move away from, from that kind of stuff. And it's not even just like, Uh, swine flu and bird flu and COVID, but it's also things like salmonella, you know, that come from eggs and chicken and and, um, campylobacter and E. coli that comes from uh, from cows. So that kind of stuff kills people uh, every year, thousands and thousands of people. Um, And that's also coming from animals. E. coli the word coli means it comes from the colon. And a lot of times we think, oh, it's from lettuce. You know, it's the lettuce that's contaminated. It's not the lettuce that's contaminated. It's the water that's contaminated from the E. coli that came from the intestine of a cow, a colon of a cow, and it's sprayed onto or leaks into the field where this lettuce is growing. So all of that stuff comes from humans uh, exploiting animals to use for food. And so we move Mm. away from that when we move away from eating animal stuff. Hallelujah. There are 72 reasons to be vegan. Why Plant-Based, Why Now by Kathy Freston and Jean Stone. You can also find out more about Kathy at kathyfreston.com and Kathy Freston on Instagram. And we'll put all of her URLs on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. So thank you so very much, Kathy. And thanks to Francis. I really appreciate it. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks to Francis Gonzalez of Vegan Wines and to Unity Online Radio, and absolutely to everybody listening. God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.